You're listening to the Inside the Mix podcast with your host, Mark Matthews. Hello and welcome to the Inside the Mix podcast. I'm Mark Matthews, your host, musician, producer, and mix and mastering engineer. You've come to the right place if you want to know more about your favorite synth music artists, music engineering and production, songwriting, and the music industry. I've been writing, producing, mixing, and mastering music for over 15 years, and I want to share what I've learned with you. Hello, folks, and welcome back to the Inside the Mix podcast. As always, if you are a returning listener, a big welcome back and a belated Happy New Year as well. I think at the point of this episode going live, it now has been, well, we're over a week into 2024. And if you are a new listener, a big welcome. Make sure you hit that follow button on your podcast player of choice. And if you're watching or listening to this podcast on YouTube, make sure you hit subscribe so you're notified whenever there's new content on my YouTube channel. So at the beginning of every year, I always do a sort of yearly forecast and put plans in place of how I want to grow the podcast and also how I want to grow my other business as well, Synth Music Mastering. So I've got some exciting stuff planned and you'll see that rolled out over the next 12 months. But I find it really useful just to look back at the previous year and just analyze what went well, what didn't go well, opportunities taken, opportunities missed, and just how I can take that forward into the new year. So I'll let you in on the big goal for the podcast. I want to get this podcast inside the mix into the top 10% of all podcasts. And I think I read a statistic that there's about four and a half million podcasts. So that will be quite a feat. And at the moment, it's in the top 25%. To get it in that top 10%, I need over 400 downloads of a new episode within the first seven days. And at the point of this episode going live, we're sat at around 300. But I think it's an average over 12 months. So it was slightly less at the end of 2023 because there was growth throughout 2023. So by the end of the year, I want to get on average over 400 downloads for a new episode in the first seven days. So help me, folks, any way you can. Share the podcast, leave comments, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your family, tell everyone, and help me get to that top 10%. So I should have probably said the reason I want to get into the top 10% is not so I can make money off sponsorships and adverts and all that rubbish. It's purely because getting in that top 10% would push me out to a wider audience on these podcast platforms and just help more people because that is the goal of this podcast. It's not to make money from advertising and sponsorships is to help more independent artists and producers just to better their production game and also bring on more guests and do other bits and pieces as well because I love networking with you guys the audience and these audio engineers and producers and artists from around the world and it's been an amazing two and a half years and long may it continue so that is the goal that's why I want to get in that top 10% it's just to help more people so as I mentioned just now just anywhere you can help it would be greatly appreciated, folks. Anyway, I've waffled on for long enough. So let's get into this episode, episode 124. And in this episode, I invite back or I invited back Sunglasses Kid. Now, Sunglasses Kid appeared on episode 46 all those episodes ago. And this was before he struck viral gold on TikTok and Instagram with the classic point of view content. So I go into more detail in terms of where Sunglasses Kid was at in episode 46 in this conversation in this episode. But the idea was just to look back and analyze the 12 months in between and that viral success. So we discussed going viral overnight and Sunglasses Kid's response to that. Opportunities and successes as a result 
of this virality and also interactions with countless numbers of incredible producers and artists as well. And also, it's important that we chatted about challenges and the negative side of going viral as well and what that then brings to you as an artist. We also look back at the previous 12 months and I asked the question, what advice would you give yourself 12 months ago in response to what you've had happen over the last 12 months? I hope that makes sense. And then we also dive into future plans for Sunglasses Kids. So it's a really exciting episode. I do mention it in the chat that we have that at the time of episode 46 going live, Sunglasses Kid had just joined TikTok and had about 5,000 followers. So it's really interesting 12 months later to see the change in landscape. So without further ado, let's dive into this episode. So in this episode, I am very excited today to welcome a returning guest. We've got Sunglasses Kid back. So if you are a regular listener of the podcast, you would have listened to our first chat way back in episode 46. And this is now episode 120 something, if I'm not mistaken, I can, I can tell you which number it is. Anyway, but it was episode 46 and uh, we were chatting about all bits and pieces, which I'm going to go through in a minute. So since then, if you're familiar with Sunglasses Kid, you will know that in the last year, it's been quite an eventful year for him, um, in particular on social media. You would have seen it grow exponentially. So today we're just going to catch up on what's happened in the last 12 months. Welcome back, buddy. How are you? How are things? I'm good, yeah. Yeah, they're, um, things are in a kind of weird place. It's in a place of sort of everything's happened and nothing's happened and some things have happened and some things mm. <laughs> are like almost <laughs> happening. <laughs> I'd love to say my life has completely changed, but it, it hasn't. It's it's kind of the conversations I'm having have completely changed, but my, mm. my current situation is not particularly different from it was last year. But it is yeah. and it isn't. It's hard to explain really. Yeah, I appreciate that. I know there's um, there's some stuff going on in the background that you can't explicitly mention, but I can imagine it's very exciting stuff. So before we dive into like chatting, as it were, I'm just going to recap the audience. If they haven't listened to our first episode, our first chat back in episode 46, so I'm just going to pick some bits out there because I listened to that episode back just now. And um, there's some really interesting stuff in there. So you mentioned about the 30-year cycle in a decade of interest, and we're entering the 90s, which kind of leads on nicely to the next part. And you also mentioned about how you were fed up of dark cinematic music and you were inspired by Mitch Murder and his sort of approach with a fun and silly but well-executed strategy, which also feeds into the, the narrative of what we got with this episode today. But importantly, now this is the important part, when, when we first spoke, and we meant, I mentioned this off air as well, you were just joined, joined rather TikTok and you were two weeks into your TikTok adventure. So this was September 2022. And you mentioned that you had 200 followers, which then jumped to 5,000 off the back of a video of you just jamming on the piano. And that had got 100,000 views. So this is kind of like the seeds of this legendary sort of point of view content that you've now got going on. So I think it'd be quite cool just to maybe dive into that a bit. So for our audience who aren't familiar with this concept and maybe not have seen it before, um, can you share what basically changed in your social media strategy to achieve this incredible success that you've seen over the last 12 months? Well, I don't know if it's incredible success, but I suppose it's, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I suppose like, I can't remember what I, it was, the video that I posted when we were, when I just joined TikTok, but I don't think it was that, but I'd been experimenting with 
I, I, I like spent a long time before joining TikTok, like watching what was doing well on TikTok and kind of going, it's really like a people driven platform. And, and what I had been doing on Instagram to date before joining TikTok was sharing like clips of movies, photographs. I think also there was, there was a lot of denial going on in Instagram about the fact that Instagram was, was moving towards a video first platform as well. So I was like, if I join TikTok, I got to do it. I've got to play the game. Like don't, if you don't want to play the game, then don't join TikTok. And I was like, well, the only game in town is, is being on camera and it's, I've got to do something on camera and I don't quite know what that is, but I, what I don't want to do is start spending my life making videos for TikTok instead of making music. So whatever I do needs to be like a sustainable thing. That's not, that's not like going to take loads of effort. Cause what I don't want to do is like make a really high effort, high energy, intense video that then goes viral. And then I was like, you've got to prepare for success as much as you plan for, you know, people often plan for failure or nothing will happen, but you, you, you make, you know, you put loads of effort into making a video and then you go viral. The audience would then expect, people would then expect you to make another one of those. And then the next thing, you know, you've committed to making these really like hardcore videos. So, so I was like, it's got to be something sustainable, not too difficult, but low effort that I can keep doing again and again and again. Because what I was seeing in TikTok was the, the this formula for success was kind of repetition, which feels very counterintuitive to people who are like creative, who are thinking the the formula is should be being original every time, doing something different. And actually, you can see on the content on social media on social media that performs well. There's actually repetition is like one of the kind of keys to it. And uh, and I, I've been watching this this woman she called oh, I forget her name now um I think it's Christina something it'll come to me in a moment she's so she's a female comedian in America who was doing these skits on Instagram on a green screen where she would she would sort of recreate different retro sort of scenes she was playing around with all kinds of eras 90s 2000s and she would play lots of multiple roles so she had ways of doing on a green screen where she'd have conversations with herself and she would have these captions that would be like POV it's 1999 and you're on your first day in high school and the mean girls arrive and she'd play out the skit and she had like 150,000 followers and huge engagement and I was watching this going this is this is like this is like an audience that should be interested in like nostalgia and music and should be interested in like 80s and synthwave and yet all the engagement happening on my platform is like other musicians giving their feedback on like my music and the conversations, people going, oh, try a different snare. And it <laughs> occurred to me that like a lot of pe- musicians like social media content, at least last year, is is inviting a conversation about the, pr- the, the process, right? You're like, this is my new synth. This is what VSTs I use, right? And, and outside of like a musical like audience the average person isn't interested like in your synths or doesn't know what a VST is sorry because you're we're all living in our little bubble and so I, I spent a long time sort of watching those going is there a way for this idea to map onto like a musical setting so I don't claim that it's an entirely original idea but it was the the I suppose it was a, an original framing of it and going 
how could this work in a musical setting? And then it just, it seemed to just capture people's imagination. And, and I was kind of A, B test. I was testing quite a lot going, is the caption actually doing anything? Is that really a thing? And people would start interacting with it in the comments and then start respectively like script writing. So I'd write, you know, like POV is 1985 and you're undercover in Miami or something. And uh, people would start giving their pennies worth. And I realized this is brilliant. It's working on a number of levels because you've got people are listening to the music, which is playing around in the background whilst they're all reading the comments, playing 80s tropes. Um, they're, it, it's inviting people as well to kind of engage, not in the process, but to engage in what the music makes you feel. So it's inviting it's inviting the audience into your like imagination, and it was also telling the story of my love of cinema, which I've always had. So it felt like suddenly the perfect like frame in which to present the music, and the, and then also another like byproduct of of it has been that I've had lots of filmmakers reaching out to me because it's speaking their language as well, which is this kind of picture this scene imagine this thing so it's also sort of demonstrating an ability to score uh, uh to to underscore like a, a scene or a concept so i mean if you're if you are doing that because I've, I've seen other people do, doing variations of what i do but the music isn't particular maybe not always exactly underscoring what the scene is that they've described if you see what i mean so maybe that's where my niche lies in my ability to write something that sounds I mean, I suppose I'm tapping into film score kind of territory. And I was just thinking about what you said about um, moving away from dark cinematic. And then ironically, I've started moving sort of back towards it a little bit. Well, certainly it's a bit darker for, darker for me anyway. What you mentioned there about the music suiting the, the, the situation is key because yours does. And there's, there's no getting away from that. And I have seen others doing it and I'm, and then you can you can see where the the differentiation is there in terms of somebody who's just trying to put up a POV uh, post and 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 trying to do something similar, and it does capture the imagination. Like it's featured on B- on radio too. So for the audience listening abroad, we've got the BBC Radio, which is probably known worldwide anyway. But it was featured by Scott Mills, wasn't it, on Radio Two, and he featured it. And it's also featured on a Chicago news uh, <laughs> on Chicago <laughs> yeah. a TV station in Chicago as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know why they were in. I think I was going, it was, I was one of, one of the videos was going viral on TikTok. And I think Chicago, this local Chicago news station had a segment they regularly did on like viral, viral videos. And they just found me and did a thing on it, which was quite fun, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I'd love for that. But the, the, the Radio 2 one was good. I listened to it and they were fully involved in the, in the moment. You could hear them describing it and how they felt and the emotions with it as well. So you're certainly capturing it there. And what you said, it resonates with me because I was having this thought earlier about, you mentioned about if you put up content that is explaining, I've got this synth. (laughs) I did this earlier and I put up a post doing the exact thing you mentioned, which is like you say, this is how I did it. And that's going to appeal to a certain person, but it's not necessarily going to, I don't know, maybe it could set the world alight. I don't know, but it's not going to appeal to a wider audience because I think you're tapping into those who like that retro sound and also film score. You've got so much going on there, um, which I think is really important. One thing I was going to ask you there, you mentioned about music and create, you're creating this content. Are you still, I know you, 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 
I, you put a song out or you did a collab with uh, Pensacola Mist. But are you still planning on releasing music in the near future or is it sort of, uh, I know you've put posts, I've seen you said that you can find my music on Spotify and whatnot, but is there, is mm. there, is there going to be any new Sunglasses Kid stuff? We'll be right back. So I've got a hunch about a common struggle we all face, mastering. If you're an independent artist or music producer, you've probably encountered the frustration of masters that just don't hit the mark, right? They lack balance and refuse to play nicely across different devices and environments. Ever found yourself wondering, why don't my masters sound like my references? Perhaps you've spent countless hours attempting to master your tracks only to be unsatisfied with the results. Maybe you've tried every Silver Bullet plugin or even dabbled in AI. Or perhaps you're already working with an engineer, but you're eager to explore different possibilities. Well, here's the solution you've been searching for, Synth Music Mastering. I'm offering a game-changing opportunity with a one-time free test master for a limited time. Picture elevating your music with my unwavering commitment to quality and a personalized touch that you just don't get with the big mastering studios. The best part, it won't cost you a penny. Just submit your finished mix and let's see how we can transform your music together. Don't let mastering be a mystery any longer. Say goodbye to the frustration and step into a world of sonic excellence. Grab your free test master now, click the link in the episode description, or head over to synthmusicmastering.com. Yeah, I mean, so what what happened... The the, the day I went... Because what happened was I was I had started to kind of going viral on TikTok and then and then I hadn't really been paying any much mind to Instagram because I I had written off Instagram. I was like, it's nigh on impossible to go viral on Instagram. I I'm I'm not nothing if I do anything with this idea, it's gonna blow up on TikTok, not Instagram. And so I stopped paying attention to I was posting those videos onto Instagram but not really paying any attention. And then like one Saturday morning I wake up and go, Holy shit, I've just like gone from th- I've got 60,000 followers. And I was like, I swear last night I had 30,000. And what I'd not been paying attention to is if you don't keep refreshing the front of your profile, sometimes your follower count doesn't actually update. And I'd been slowly growing, but just not noticing. And I was like, to my girlfriend, I was like, she was like, well, how many players has your video had? Someone famous shared it. And I was like, I was like, holy shit, this video's had like 400,000 plays. This video's had like a million plays. And I hadn't been paying attention to what was going on. And then, it was almost like the second I noticed it, I, I started realizing, I was like, fuck, I, I think I'm going viral on Instagram. And like in the space of a cup of coffee, I gained like 7,000 followers on Instagram, like literally wow. in the time it took me to drink <laughs> a coffee. And then I started getting all these DMs from like blue tick people going, like so many people with a blue tick going, let's work. And I'm like, and I'm responding to people before I'm because I'm just I still was in my uh, old headspace, and I'm like, hey, cool, yeah, that's yeah, I'm happy to chat. And then I'd go and look at who they were, and it'd be like multi platinum, three time Grammy winning producer for insert some of the most famous musicians yeah, working yeah. today in our in our, in in the US R and B and rap. And I had like numbers of people in my in my DMs asking me to send them demos and and do stuff with them. And so all these videos that I was posting, I wasn't the music I was making. I wasn't. I was actually just really just demo dumping. I was just writing ideas. <clears throat> like one of the videos that went <clears throat> the most viral called that's caption is it's it's the um, 
1980 whatever and you, there's a shootout in a warehouse. In a warehouse, yeah, yeah. I wrote that in like about 45 minutes, an hour or something. Posted it, didn't even think about it, walked away and then the next day was like, fuck, I think I've gone viral. And um, so half these tracks aren't finished. They're literally not much longer than the, the video clip that you, you watch. Right. They're just these quick minute and a half ideas. And I was just, I was just machine gunning out music to try and grow my social channel. And also because I was just having fun. And then, and then because I had all these producers reach out to me, I essentially took all of these tracks and put them all in a folder and unleashed them to a bunch of <clears throat> like big name producers who'd all reached out to me saying, have you got any beats as they say? And so a number of those tracks, well, not a number, a couple of those tracks in particular got picked up and are sitting right now in potential placements with, with, with really quite famous people. But, th- but also over the last year, I've learned that that shit can sound like it's going to happen and then it doesn't. Yeah. And yeah. so, but, but, the, but the, some of them have got put in a bit of a car park where it's like, it's, it would be an exclusive if it went ahead, but we don't know if it's going to go ahead. <clears throat> so what I was a bit nervous around doing was hastily releasing all this music because it was popular and then fucking some deal because I had, I had said something would be an exclusive and then I've gone and dropped it as an independent release. And so some, some it's a, it's a, it started all getting quite complicated. Like I had to get a lawyer over a couple of, things that were being kind of discussed and so so i'm at this position where still there's quite a lot of stuff in limbo it's a more exciting limbo to be in but um it's just it so so yes the plan is at some point to take the tracks that i know i can do something with and put them together and finish them so when people are like where's the album where's the album it's like a, I'm not sure which one of those ones I can do something with, and B, I, I, I need to just finish them all. I need to extend them out into pieces because they're no longer than the video clip themselves. And so, that's the limbo I'm in. But in the in the in in between all that, yeah, I just I had all these detours where I was I've done things, jobs, and composite composing jobs for people. So I've just I've just kind of been, yeah, I don't know. And I still hold on a day job, so I'm like. Everyone chill. I'm still doing this at fucking night mostly. So I'm, I'm operating in a window about seven hours if I go to bed at 2 a.m. Yeah, fair play. It's, uh, it's a lot to squeeze <laughs> in, man. I, I, I think what you um, you mentioned there about having fun, and I think a, a really good way to describe it is like what I mentioned earlier. is like it's fun, but it's well executed. And I think that is the key to it as well. Well and executed I do know, fun. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's my exactly middle name. <laughs> 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 oh, that's so good that's gonna be the tagline for the episode um yeah i've also noticed as well you get a lot of people asking you about what making your sunglasses as well do you oh think there's going to be at, at some point you're going to see these a raft of people just wearing your sunglasses and your watch as well your watch is quite quite well asked about isn't it actually no these actually are mine oh no these aren't mine no yeah I got so many like sunglasses companies sending me. I just got boxes of, <laughs> of fucking sunglasses Brilliant. they all hoped I was going to wear. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, bit of product placement. But I bought and, and watches as well. I got sent watches, like lots of little. But um, I don't even know why people are obsessed with this watch because I didn't buy it thinking it wasn't even like a deliberately, knowingly, particularly retro purchase. I just, I just, um, 
I just uh, I wanted to watch it. In, I like I like that style of watch, and I wanted to watch that the strap wouldn't deteriorate on it. And I found one that was all plastic. And it, it turns out this is the same watch that Tom Cruise wears in the first Mission Impossible. It's just a Casio Illuminator from like nineteen ninety six or something. And then the sunglasses I bought them at a um. I, I always say thrift store online because most of my audience is American, but I bought them in like a some I can't remember the charity store or a junk store, but it was in Brighton in the in the South Coast. And um, the the arms that the handles on the sides they sort of fold over, and I picked them up, and I was like, "That's unusual. I think these are actually real. I think these are like retro. Vin- these are vintage. I reckon these are eighties. And I bought them for like five pounds, but they've got no serial number, no make on them, nothing on them that indicates anything. And I've had so many like sunglasses aficionados who want photos going, I'll try and figure out where are these from. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm like, I'm terrified. I'm like, if I drop and break these fucking things and I've taken them to like gigs and stuff, I'm like, this is my entire identity now. (laughs) Like if I lose these, they're irreplaceable. No one can find any, and like everyone thinks they've almost found the same pair and they're not, no one can find one that's quite like them. But yeah, so stuck it in my FAQs in in the description (laughs) because I get asked it and still, still get asked it every fucking day. Yeah, I love that FAQ that you put in there. I, I was reading through it the other day where you put, you can find my music here. I'm doing this. You can, this is my, these are the VSTs I'm using. And I can see from that, I can guess in your, your DMs, you're fielding a lot of the same questions by the looks of things. And the, and um, the comment, and comments I mean, as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, this, it kind of segues onto my next question. I mean, those aren't negatives. Those are, it's great having that engagement and whatnot. But have there been any fr- from this? You mentioned there that you're doing this in your in your spare time as well. So obviously, you're having to dedicate time to that. With you, you've got a day job also. And then you've got these songs that are currently um, in a car park, put on a shelf that you're unsure what's going ahead and what's not. Have there been any sort of negatives? Um, well, or, or can you highlight any particular negatives over the last twelve months as a result of having all this interest on you online? Or maybe there isn't any. I've been very lucky in that I, I mean, I was talking to you off camera about some negatives. Mm. I'll I'll try and keep it drama free, but one of the one of the big negatives is right at the start when I when I first started doing it, there was somebody else who was who had who who was doing the same idea and I was I was getting a lot of accusations that I was copying them with the with the POV thing. And so there was a there was a while where I was starting to get like bordering on abusive messages, being accused of being unoriginal, being being told I was ripping someone off. And then at the same time I mentioned to you that around the same time this idea first started catching fire on TikTok and I released the song for the video that was going going gangbusters and for whatever reason the algorithm on tiktok which i think is re- connected to the release of the song and it identifying my song as violating my own copyright that's a theory i get muted and my reach got killed and in march i think it was in like february or march I got so pissed off with that whole situation that I was I was super close to just to just throwing in the towel with music entirely. I was like, I got re- I let it get to me quite a bit, and I got quite depressed about the situation. And I found I found myself just going, "Oh fuck it, I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered with this shit. Why am I doing this?" I thought I had I thought that was going to be my moment to like blow up. And it was there and then it was taken away from me. And I got really I got really pissed off. And I and I don't know why a part of me was like, no, I'm gonna keep going for a while. 
Um, and it was like in my sort of final kind of death knell that suddenly I like blew up in this like crazy way where I was like, like I literally, I don't think people realize how close I was to just going, I've, I've been doing this for like 10 years, messing about making eighties music. And it's taken me, I've been on, I'd been on Instagram for seven years. It took me seven years to amass 10,000 people followers. And then one year to amass 332 more thousand more of them. It was men. It was mental. I was, I was like, I was like, if I had been kept going at the rate I was going on Instagram, I was gaining like 30 followers a month. I was like, if I, I was like, this is the only way you, this, this you've got the only strategy you can, if you think you're going to grow, if you want to grow to like 300,000 followers, you don't realize how many it is until you start trying to do it for real. And then going at 30 a month, it would take me like 900 years or whatever the fuck it was to gain. <laughs> so, so the only way you're doing this is by going viral. This is the only way you're going to do it is to go massively viral or to, or to become hugely famous somehow. In so, so it's only one, there's only two ways to do it. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know what I'm, I don't know where I'm going with that, but yeah, that was a negative. I, I came, I came pretty close. And then <clears throat> I suppose some other negatives have been that I've had a lot of people. I got quite a few people illegally started sampling my music People just started thinking they that it was up for grabs. I had to get a lawyer to to do a cease and desist on something. I had other videos that were going viral on TikTok got also got muted for inexplicable reasons. And but luckily, because through a lawyer, he hooked me up with someone at TikTok, and it took about eleven emails between about eleven different people to get them to unmute it. But you, there's no way you're getting a video unmuted on TikTok if you don't have some contact there because the algorithm said when it says no it just it's done you're you're fucked so yeah those were those were the negatives of it but it's largely outweighed by positives but for, for a long for a while it when i was getting those negative comments from people accusing me of ripping someone off it got it took the fun out of it i would be like even if a video was going viral i'd be going through the comments people going you're amazing this is great am i going yeah 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 i'm just waiting for the one comment where someone's gonna fucking oh there it is there's the person saying that i'm a fucking unoriginal bastard and it, it would just it would make i just focus on that one comment and feel shit going oh this is someone you know this is this is so it feels so unjust i'm not i this is my idea i did and and not knowing what to do and not wanting to become a drama queen and start talking about it publicly but also i felt like my reputation was being damaged by by that as well so that was that was the biggest negative of the whole thing it's tricky that isn't it and um what you mentioned there about how no matter how many positive comments you can have it's always that negative one that really strikes the core i find in like you can have 10 20 of probably a lot more with these videos but then you have that one negative comment and it's that one that really grinds and it really and it's hard to to dust it off um, yeah. so i can imagine that's tricky and that's and I'm, hard and I'm, I'm, but i'm glad you, know you carried on thank you i mean i'm not bad i'm not bad at actually taking it on the chin of I, I'm, I'm i'm perfectly fine with someone going you're like someone said it the other day all your music sounds the fucking same or your, all your tracks sound the same and I and I just objectively was like, that's their opinion and they're entitled to it. And there may be a degree of truth to what they're saying. And someone else might say, your stuff's cheesy or that's 
you know, rubbish or whatever. And I'm fine with that. But it's when someone's saying something that I'm like, no, that this is actually not true. And this is not fair because you're, you're telling, you're saying I'm doing something that I'm not. And it, this isn't an opinion. This is like a factual accusation that you're making. And that, that was what was grinding my fucking gears. Because like you said, it's, even, you know, it's not true. And the majority of people probably know it's not true, but it's still there. And it's still, people are going to read it, aren't they? And it's still, it's still defamation in a way, you know, when, and it's, yeah, I can imagine that's incredibly frustrating. No, I was going to say, then, then I remember I've seen other people going viral with, diff, you know, nothing to do with music. You know, you see some sketch and then you'll see another person doing exactly the same sketch and you're like, wait, who is the original? There's someone, 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 invent, so there's this whole free for all on social media with just nicking people's ideas. And, and there's this whole, uh, this whole infrastructure that used to exist around intellectual property and protecting. Like if you were a stand up comedian, you did a routine and then some other stand up comedian came on stage and did exactly the same routine. That stand up comedian would be, would be dragged through the mud for plagiarizing that routine. And yet the second it's all on social media, it's just the fucking wild west of everyone stealing everyone's ideas. So <laughs> yeah, there's a part is, of me is really going, is. well, you know, you playing, you play the game. The fact that people are ripping you off indicates something that it's a good idea. Maybe I don't know. I was going to say that. Yeah, it's like uh, imitation is uh, is a form of flattery, isn't it? At the end of the day, so if people are doing, they obviously uh, see it as having some sort of substance. You know, um, one thing I did want to mention, and I know this happened on the weekend, was um, you were chatting to a fellow Devonian of mine on your Instagram live of Matt Bellamy. He's uh, he doesn't live down here anymore admittedly well you might do but i don't think he lives place. in california now well there we go so he's, he's not hanging out in, i think it's either tinmouth or Paynton, um for the audience listening i don't think he's there anymore but yeah um, how did that go how did your conversation I, I saw you a bit starstruck um in your instagram story i wasn't so much it wasn't so much starstruck struck it was I, I shared that only because i think i ended that video by saying that's not like the most mental conversation i'd had this year and it's it's definitely not but it, it was it was maybe quite unique in that you got to see my real time reaction to this shit because usually this stuff happens in DMs. Like I've had people DM and I'm going, "Oh my god, fucking this sounds like, like this. Like, what, what the hell? Who the who the hell is this person?" Um, and he's probably like the most famous person in terms of like I immediately knew who they were. Whereas everyone else who's been hitting me up has been like someone where I'm like, "Who's this person?" And then I'm like, "Fucking hell! How come I haven't heard this?" person is huge producer or whatever um and i knew he'd started following me like a few months ago in the um and then i suddenly saw him and, and actually my hesitation in the cliffers i was like wait i think that's the lead singer of muse but i can't remember if it is and i don't want to embarrass make him may say something wrong and get embarrassing embarrass myself when actually it's not him and then he what you can't see on that clip is him saying if you're ever if you ever want to work together let's do it so that's me no. like react that's what's coming up on the screen as i'm reacting to it but you know when you screen cap i, I didn't screen cap the, the comment but all the people in the comments are like blowing up because there's like about there's about like 200 people in there when this is happening and then because first he says where are you based i'm like and then i and then he doesn't say anything and i'm like what do i do now and so i'd like i guess to <laughs> carry on with the life and then whilst i'm answering a question about vsts it just pops up and says if you ever want to work together and i'm like Yes, uh, and then we 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 picked up in a in a conversation afterwards in DMs about about doing something potentially. So we shall see. But like I say, the, I've learned that these things you think something's going to happen and things don't always happen. So 
trying not to get excited is the other discipline that I've lowering your expectations all the time because people say things and there's a big distance between a conversation starter and a thing getting over the finish line, especially at that level. I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, it's um, a lot of ideas, a lot of great ideas at the time that maybe don't come through with fruition. But that's still pretty cool, though, man. <laughs> Matt Bellamy just just appeared like, yeah, let's work together on something. That would be. That, I'm waiting for that picture of you on uh, with Matt Bellamy casually hanging out in the, in California. Um, that that would be that would be impressive. The, the, the wildest conversation I've had this year was with a producer who reached out to me who I hadn't didn't know who they well so another a producer a grammy winning producer for people like rihanna and the kid Leroy reached out to me and then introduced me to another producer who happens to be in london at the time and i went and met this guy uh, who's american in a um it was the randomest thing i met him in like a hotel bar at about midnight in in, in soho and the conversation that ensued he he is a producer for a very famous singer and I ended up then going to Los Angeles because I was I happened to be considering going to LA this year. This year, I so I was out there in June to see to go and see um, my good friend Ollie Ride, who sang on the song I made called "Strange Love." We mm, made sorry, song. and um, so I was going to see Ollie at the Troubadour, and then I kind of twinned it up with going out and meeting people, and I went and met back up with this guy, and I went to his studios in uh, in LA, and um, it. It, it was just wild, just the, like just gold discs like everywhere. There's so many gold discs you couldn't you couldn't like move for them. And um, and the conversations that I had with 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 him about potentially working on stuff was was like it was like blood. It was like heart rate doubling conversations. It was so. I remember the first first time I got put into a WhatsApp group with this guy before I met him where this other producer said, I'm going to put you in WhatsApp with him now. It was like about 1130 at night. Cause you know, we're eight hours ahead of LA and I was like nearly ready to go to bed. And I'm like going fucking hell that I'm about to be in this, this WhatsApp group with this guy, like how, what I say and how I conduct myself will is in the next 30 seconds is going to be incredibly important. So yeah, I've had some mad, mad conversations with people. How do you, um, I mean, there's, that's, that's quite a high pressure environment, isn't it? At the end of the day, like you said, your heart rate's going. How do you sort of like keep your cool in those situations? So like, like you say, I mean, you've got that first, you're going to make that first impression. And in the music industry, that's everything, isn't it? I mean, you, you've got those 30 seconds, as you say. How do you make sure you keep your, I mean, you can put the sunglasses on, that would help. But <laughs> I mean, how do you, how do you uh, keep your cool in those situations and remain grounded, you know, and not fall under the pressure? I mean, a lot of it's happening online, and I think one of the 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 for like lucky bits of armor that I'm wearing is the armor of complete naivety, which is when you when you you hear about people who are really successful because they just walk through life not realizing that they're just kind of naively doing stuff. I'm don't, I don't think I, I'm not naive in a sense of I think I'm great or I think I'm amazing or anything or I'm, I have a particularly massively can do attitude. I'm very self-critical but the people who are reaching out to me i genuinely didn't know who they were because i don't move in hip-hop and rap and r&b circles i don't spend a lot so i had people who were like super high profile who's like i'm working with so-and-so i've got so-and-so in the studio and i'm like 
cool, having no idea who they are, going <laughs> like that, and then looking them up, going, I better look up this person. I'm like, holy shit, this person's got 400 million followers on Spotify. I've never heard of this person. Like, who the hell is this dude? Who the hell is that person? Like, I, I started, I'm working with a producer right now uh, who I, I'm like, okay, he's got quite a high following on Instagram, but lots of people who who have got high followings on Instagram and aren't necessarily anything. And I'm then I go and look up his Wikipedia. And I'm like, bloody hell, this guy's quite accomplished. And I'm with having a drink with a mate who's uh, in the business. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm working with this guy called... And he's like, holy shit. And I'm like, have you heard of him? He's like, yeah, he's huge. And I'm like, I've never heard of him. So I think the fact that I ha- I don't seem to be impressed maybe gives off this air of being cool. And it's like, it's not that I'm not impressed. This is, I literally haven't heard of these people. It's getting embarrassing as well. Like I'm ta- I was talking to someone from a really large record label and he's like, I'm working with so-and-so. Do you like, and I'm like, all oh, right. And he's like, do you, do you like them? And I'm like, I, I, I haven't, I'm sorry. I haven't actually heard of them. I know I'm sounds like, I feel like I should have heard. So it's like this cringy, like Brit who hasn't heard of anyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who's this guy? So he's yeah, like, yeah. I'm doing something with Rihanna. You've heard of Rihanna. And I'm like, I have heard of her. I have <laughs> I've heard of her. <laughs> Yeah, isn't yeah. she doing stuff with like yeah. underwear now? Or, no, no, no. She's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, sp- I can see what you mean there. Like, you kind of like because you don't know who these artists are, you're not, um, you're not. I, I don't want to use this term, Star Trek, but you're not like, yeah, you, you don't feel the pressure because you don't know who they are. Which I think, like you say, works in your benefit at the moment because then you can do that time and find out who they are off the back of that. I mean, like if if like Hans Zimmer DM me. I would lose my fucking shit. Yeah, I'd be like yeah. running around the house, scream, like screaming and crying and, th- and doing knee slides. But so, like, <laughs> it's just because I haven't heard of these people. I'll be like, I'm about to be on the phone to Hans Zimmer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try not to break the sunglasses when you do the knee. Uh, to be fair, I mean, if Hans Zimmer contacted you, you did a knee slide and you broke the glasses, it's probably worth it, to be fair, Dude, I would say. I'll blow up um, my house to me, Hans Zimmer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing um so we're coming towards the end now we're almost approaching sort of Holy 40 shit. minutes 45 minutes i know it go, it, these episodes go fast these days um this is this is an interesting one if you could go back 12 months and give yourself a piece of advice what would it be i think definitely would be i was sort of ready for it but i get i definitely and it's funny because i gave this advice to other people which is 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 if you are really trying to like blow yourself up on social media and you're seriously trying to implement a strategy to do it as a producer plan plan for success and be ready be ready to move incredibly quickly because the window of opportunity if you are lucky enough that lightning strikes and something happens the attention will be on you very very shortly and then everyone will get bored and move on and so in that window of attention you better have something ready for people when they say, send me the demos, give me this. What are you working on? Are you available? Can you do that? They're only going to ask you that once or twice. And then if you don't have that ready and I've had, I've had like messages where like a producer has been like, Hey Ben, I'm in the studio with said famous person right now. Have you got any beats for me? And if you haven't got them ready, they'll be like, Oh yeah, they're gone now. And it could be like a window of like two hours or something that that could happen in. So it's it's like the thing that I that I learned throughout this year was like I literally started a Trello board 
to manage my contacts and conversations because I started losing track of who I'd sent what to and what I was doing. I started um, uh, like a little black book, which is essentially a spreadsheet of all the contacts who's getting phone numbers and email addresses for people. I was like managing your contacts and managing those conversations started to become important. And so there is that like business side of it and understanding the legal side of it as well. So that, that would be my advice, which feels, and it, 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 the thing is, if you rewind, rewinding back, it feels like something you like, you go, oh, I can't be asked to prepare for that. Cause this will never happen to me. It's like, it's like saying, it's like, it feels like planning for winning the lottery, like be ready in case you win a hundred million dollars or something. Like you were like, well, it's never going to happen. So it feels like the easiest thing to not think about and until it happens to you and then you then you're caught you're caught off guard and you're having to think on the fly as it's happening and like i say things could happen like there's like 10 messages in your inbox and they're all things you're like shit what do i say what do i do do i need a lawyer do i need a manager do i need a thing what do i say back to this person oh i don't have a demo ready oh god what do i do so if you're not ready for it you could admit you could miss it and you you might never get that opportunity again so that's that I guess is the advice I would give. But good stuff. I think it's, it's a classic case if you've got to strike while the iron's hot. You know, um, like you say, that you've got to be ready to, ready to go. Um, and it's interesting you mentioned like how if you were to twelve months ago, if I asked you that question, it would be interesting. I wish I had done that um, to see to see what the the answer would have been. But how do you deal with that then? Do you, do you have this? Is, I know we're approaching the end here, but you mentioned there about being able to send a beat, a track, an instrumental across. Do you have a, a library of songs ready? And also shout out to a fellow Trello user as well. Um, I love Trello. Um, do you have a library of songs ready to, to go for in this instance? Are you constant? Are you in the background just creating this music now? So you, you've got it ready to go in case you get that call. Yeah. And, and in the hit in the rap and, and R and B and hip hop world, the, the lot of the producers reaching out are wanting it to flip it. To to, re, to to they don't want they they wanting to take it and then further flip it and add their own drums so they're all about drums so what you need ready is like versions without drums on it and then they're, they're not all begging for stems they actually are happy to just take <laughs> like a wav with no drums it's, it's it's a super wild west um so I've just got a Dropbox that's got like fifty tracks in it without the drums on it and some variations without the basses on it as well. Um, the, the challenge I discovered was if you let too many people have access to it at the same time, you could find two different producers have zoned in on the same beat. And that happened to me. And one of them had got potentially a placement with someone quite famous. One of them got potentially a placement with someone not quite as famous, but, and it got awkward. And I, and I suddenly was in court in the middle of this with my lawyer going, what do we, what do you do? We've got to pause that one because this one might happen but we'll lose this deal if this one turns out to be a nothing burger which it feels like it might but if it does happen it could be like a fucking huge thing so like i say we've had all, had all these high stakes conversations and at the end of the year i don't have anything particularly new to show for it other than a lot of wild conversations although i did work on a movie this year as well very briefly oh, wow yeah that's cool. Is it out or is it coming out? I don't even know if my cues will make it into it. It was for literally a Hollywood movie. But I, I, I did, I did, I didn't have Hans Zimmer in my DMs. But I had somebody who was like <laughs> as almost as a, as almost as prolific as Hans wow. Zimmer. And um, nice. And I ended up working on a 
movie that's of quite a famous intellectual property are very associated with the eighties. But um, whether it, I don't, I, it's completely spooky as to whether it will actually make it into the movie or not. And yeah, so I've had I've had some I had a crash course in scoring movies. I was literally like the mid, working to the MIDI from a famous composer who and it was very intense two weeks of following instructions so there is no again the 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 going viral thing is i'd say there's you you as always you you always have this this nice idea that you can start in the shallow end and slowly acclimatize into the deep end but sometimes you're like there's no, there is no shallow end. You, your options are say no or say yes, and yes takes you straight into something you you don't know how to do or you're is terrifying. And the only and the option is or don't, and that that's that's quite intimidating. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine, man. And all the while you've got you're holding down this full time job, and yeah. um, you're also you're still putting out content on social media, finding the time to do that. So it's uh, it's highly impressive. It's pretty stressful. It's it's bizarre going back to work and just being in a meeting and thinking, you know, like especially the Monday meeting where people are like, "How was your weekend?" and you're like, "I just don't." <laughs> yeah. I just say like, "Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was cool." Yeah, you're like, because it sounds like bizarre. It would sound bizarre if I told people what I'd been up to like 24 hours ago or what what I was working on or doing. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's why. Do they have any idea? Like, have you have you sh- they they have do you shared yeah. any of your music or what you're doing with them? People have discovered it. Got to the point where people were actually were, were seeing me on TikTok and coming up to me, and going, "Oh my god, I saw one of your videos." Or I say, "Coming up to me." I, since the, the pandemic, I've been working from home, so she home working has given me much more time because I don't have the hour and a half London nightmare before I'm back home. But but I've, it, this is the closest I've ever got to going. This is might be the moment that I might be able to quit the day job i mean I'm, I'm less cautious people might have done it might have quit in the situation i'm in but i'm i just i'm just a little bit i don't want to kind of um count my chickens before they're hatched or whatever the phrase is um so i'm being i I'm, mean I'm, maybe there is no perfect moment to take the risk but i feel like there's been opportunities on the table i'm like if that happened and that happened then I definitely am quitting the day job and I definitely am going full-time. But until that happens and that happens, I don't feel confident quite enough to risk this. And then in six months' time, when all the attentions died down and the DM stopped coming in and none of that shit happened, and now you're just left going, fuck, what do I do? Yeah, so. 100%. Yeah, I totally get you with that. What would be interesting is if we get back in contact uh, in 12 months' time and have another chat and see see where you're at. If you're not too busy uh, doing X, Y, Z. It'll be like the trilogy, it'll be like the failed trilogy. It'll be like one year one, one year ago, you were a nobody. <laughs> and then this year, we're like, oh my God, you're blowing up. And the year later, you'll be like, yeah, I'm back in the danger. <laughs> yeah, nothing <laughs> yeah, happened. Yeah. It was all shit, which I'm fully kind of expecting to happen. I literally don't have... Like people keep telling me, oh, it's going to happen for you. And I'm, I, like I said, I'm having these really high profile conversations, but yet nothing's quite landed enough to me to go, that's it. I'm going to, I'm on easy street for the rest of my life. So I, I never, um, I don't take anything for granted and, and certainly not the attention. I keep waiting for the day I post a video and it gets zero likes. Every time I press go, I'm like, uh, uh, is this the one where everyone's going to fall out of love with me and hate me and 
I'll get bored or I'll just the algorithm's going to decide you, it's your time is over now dude you're you're in the 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 doghouse and everyone's going to ignore you for the rest of forever so I don't I don't know I don't I just uh, it'd be an interesting story arc wouldn't it if they, <laughs> hopefully like it doesn't happen but it, I'd <laughs> love it to be like in a year's time I'll be like yes I'm a mega famous fucking this and that or mega successful although I don't I'll actually strive to your, be um, I was going to say, I have to go through your management in that. It gets to that point where I'm having to reach out to management to like book time, you know, and, and do that. For the record, I have no zero ambition to be well-known or famous. I've always seen social media as a means to an end for doing actually what, what has started happening, which is to get the attention of produce bigger people than me and to get jobs in film and in production. And I'd love to just be the go- a ghost and part of a team of people making music for larger scale projects and still walk down the street and no one know who I am. So I, I have no, my, the dream would be in a year's time to say, I don't have to do work anymore and I'm making a ton of money as a producer. But, you know, unfortunately, some people make it seem very easy. I don't know how everyone's doing it was making so much money we've come to the end now it's been it's been great catching up and really interesting i love these stories as well and as i say it'd be great to do it again in 12 months and fingers crossed it'll be still that that rise and you you'll have be able to regale us with these various projects that have now been released well, and yeah. um, they mentioned and some of these names as well be able to mention these names so I'd love to. I'd love to. I feel like i will be like the story will be like yeah it didn't happen in the end but it, i can tell you now it was I nearly made, I think it will just be a load of like, I nearly made a story, I made a track with someone. But um, I was going to say one of these days, I'll come on Inside the Mix podcast and actually talk about mixing <laughs> or talk about actual production. So this is the second time I've failed to talk about <laughs> talk about music. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, I mean, this one I had set up re- to, to talk about like what happened in the 12 months, but we will get that sorted out where we can stream you creating maybe I'll give you like a situation and then you score it or something like that. Or maybe I'll give you a a selection of situations just in case it doesn't (laughs) suit and make it a bit easier. Um, And I think that'd be quite cool actually. Yeah. I mean, I do that in my lives. People will just be like, what about this? And I'm like, all right, I'll give it a go. And it ends up being something, but um, yeah, I mean, as I was going to say, it would be the shortest podcast ever for my advice as a producer. like, I use all presets. I don't really know how to mix. I only just got speakers like three weeks ago for the first time ever. And uh, yeah, just um, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, I think it'd be, I, I, we'd come at it from like a product. I'd be like, yeah, we'll just score something rather, rather than mix it. Yeah, we're, we're loosely, loosely... Um, to be fair the podcasters range you know we have these conversations like what you have today and then sometimes it's mixing master and sometimes it's production so it's all good there but i know for a fact there's gonna be a lot of listeners eager to listen to this one so um i'm excited to drop this one but sunglasses kid if our audience hasn't heard of you and they don't know where to find you where i mean we've mentioned tiktok and instagram already but what handles should they be going for or looking uh, for tiktok and instagram same handle is at sunglasses kid music it's just Sunglasses Kid on Spotify. And just, I feel like I've said this sentence 12,000 times this year about where I, where you can find my music because I've had suddenly a whole load of new people who don't know who I am 
you seem incapable of just Googling my name, but um, yeah, <laughs> just Google sunglasses, kid music. I have discovered that if, if you're, if you've never Googled my name before, you will get met with lots of children's sunglasses. But if you d- type sunglasses, kid music, sunglasses, kid band camp, sunglasses, kid, whatever you'll, you'll find me. I'm on, I'm on everything. But yeah, like I said, all the music in the last year on my Instagram has not be is yet to be released. It's all sitting in the, in the car park. And hopefully in 2024, at some point, I will try and unleash a, a full instrumental album of the tracks that people are asking for. That'd be amazing. Look forward to that. Cool. Um, I will call it there because I'm going to uh, allow you to enjoy the rest of your evening. Um, cause you too. I imagine it is the working week as well, isn't it? So uh, it is. get up in there, get up and go to work. But there we go. Um I will catch up with you soon and I'll keep tabs on what you're doing and then we'll do it all again in 12 months. I'll speak to you soon, buddy. Whoa, before you go, make sure to snag your free test master from Synth Music Mastering. Imagine enhancing your music with my steadfast dedication to quality and that personalized touch. And here's the kicker, it's absolutely free, no cost at all. Simply head over to synthmusicmastering.com or click the link in the episode description to claim your free test master.